Welcome back to Point of Rentals, The Front Porch. A time to sit back, relax, maybe munch on some trail mix, drink some coffee, and get to know the pointers around you a little bit better. I'm Lauren Jewell, and let's get started. Welcome to The Front Porch with Lauren Jewell. Our guest today is a first-rate developer, Mr. Albert Lee. Albert, it's good to have you here. Hi, it's um, good to be here. I believe that's what they say as a common response. <laughs> that's, that's pretty accurate. <laughs> um, so why don't you get started by giving us a 30-second overview of, of who you are. Um, I'm Albert Lee. Well, I guess originally, originally, I'm from South Korea. I moved here when I was three to the Houston area, actually. I came up here and found a job and something, something, and now I'm here. Okay, so what, uh, what do you fast. do here at Point of Rental? Um, I'm a developer for the Essentials product, and I'm at the point where um, more people are asking questions to me than I am asking questions to others. So I consider that a good sign. Yeah, kind of moving from like the the mentee position to the mentor position. Almost. Oh boy, I don't I don't want to become a mentor. So let's let's maybe not use that word. That's a bit strong. Maybe, <laughs> okay. Maybe more like a friendly person that can answer some questions, but not all of them. Okay, that's valid. <laughs> um. Uh, okay. Also, very important question. Um. What song did you jam out to when you were in the eighth grade? I was probably listening to classical music back then pretty pretty severely, yeah. Any particular musician? Um, so I was, I am a big fan of the great violinist Yasha Heifetz, who is uh, like widely regarded as the best violinist ever <laughs> uh, for good reason. It's because he's really good. <laughs> so, yeah. He's kind of like my my violin idol. I mean, he's long dead, of course, because uh, you know all the, all the greats are mm. already gone. But if I could meet him, I would be totally fangirling all over him. Okay, <laughs> I love it. So I assume you play violin as well. Then uh, I used to. I used to, but not really anymore. Um, I sort of stopped after college because mm -hmm. the opportunity to play in a, in a structured environment sort of, you sort of have to be better over time to like mm -hmm. play in an orchestra. Cause mm -hmm. like middle school, they'll take anyone, but after you're done with college, it's kind of hard to get into an orchestra. Right. And I never, I didn't want to put in the time to become that good. And also I didn't think it was, I didn't think I was that good to begin with, so I never really hmm. got up there. But I do like listening. Okay. I still do listen. Very cool. So if I uh, so I assume you've played for multiple years then. Yes. Um, did you start in junior high or did you start earlier than that? I think I started in sixth grade, just okay. like normal middle school orchestra. Right. I have, I have great respect for all orchestra teachers at that level because <laughs> I listened to a, a concert when I was older, of middle school orchestra players, and it sounded really awful. Mm -hmm. I was like, I have no idea how you can stand this every year. Jeez, this is 
Oh. Yeah, I, I started orchestra in the fifth grade, um, played the cello, not the violin. Mm, um, sir. Yeah. Good people. Yes, they're wonderful people. Um, but yeah, I, I, I hear, um, I don't know, when I go over to like friends' houses, they have like younger siblings and stuff. So we'll go to their mm -hmm. younger siblings' concerts and you're like, oh, was I really playing <laughs> like this back then? Oh, yeah. And then like, you have oh, to, you have to sort of act like oh you're like yeah good job yeah, kids certainly yeah because i mean it's you got to start somewhere right right so yeah I, I but it like... does hurt a little bit to listen to yeah that's true. <laughs> just bring some earphones in oh, that's nice no no so support support the youth mm -hmm. <laughs> um okay so you also play piano as well uh that was that was a long time ago when that was uh, before my violin playing days because my parents really wanted me to um be experienced in music i guess they just sort of wanted to teach me how to play music because they thought it was cool or something i learned some things from it i didn't learn as much as i really should have because i didn't take it very seriously because it's mm. hard to take kids or it's hard to make kids play piano seriously Ooh, yeah they'll just like you know they don't want to practice i didn't want to practice i hated practicing mm -hmm. they don't always even in uh, even in school, they'd have like those practice sheets that you you have to sign off. I totally made up numbers on those. Yeah. I did not <laughs> want to practice. Oh yeah. <laughs> I I relate. I asked, I took piano for for two years, and I I didn't enjoy it being a what nine and ten year old or whatever. But now I'm like I just. I love to just sit down at the piano and just like play chords and kind of sing along like because it's more fun. It's more enjoyable rather than like you have to spend like six hours of your week doing yeah, scales it's, it's or, or learning songs you don't really care to. When it's like, I don't know, maybe it's a mixture of because you're older and you have different perspective or because it's not like work anymore and you're trying mm -hmm. to do it for fun. Yeah. But it's very different. Um, I've noticed when I got older and I do regret that I didn't. Um, that I didn't stick with it, and mm. maybe I'd be playing piano right now if I could, but I can't. <laughs> you were majoring in um, bioengineering at UC Berkeley? That's correct. Is that true? So yes, what? this is very true. What is the transition from bioengineering to software development? Uh, slash what is bioengineering for the masses? So <laughs> there was like a focus, and the focus was computational bioengineering, which is more like... Um, it's pretty much programming, um, but a lot of like big data manipulation and processing. So taking large, large data sets, for example, of genomes or something like that. Mm -hmm. You take this data from the before you used the medicine and then mm -hmm. after you used it and then see what's different, see how things changed. Compare the two. Yeah. You are uh, now a software developer. So how did, how did that come about? Um, I've always sort of been interested in programming. Mm -hmm. I've always had a good interest because my dad was, well, is, um, a software engineer. He works for T-Mobile and he's been there for the entire time we've lived in America. And, um, his influence really rubbed off on me as a kid. Uh, but because I was a little rebellious, I didn't want to I didn't want to follow in his footsteps, so I was like, no, Dad, I'm going to do something else. <laughs> and then it turned out I wasn't really that great at other things, so. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I went back into software. Yeah, no, I, I, I can relate to that, too. It's 
it's kind of the same thing where it's like I don't want to do what my mom did. I'm like, oh, we're gonna be we're so di- such different people. Like we're gonna go down different routes. And my mom does admin work, and <laughs> I got my start at Point of Riddle doing admin work. So I uh, I, c- I can relate to that. Um, and now a quick break from our sponsors. Version 2019 of Point of Rental's expert and elite products is available now, making the best rental software in the business even better. We've added new features like an equipment watch integration, fulfillment updates, and enhanced parts tracking. Overall, there are more than 100 enhancements in version 2019 designed to help your business run more smoothly. Upgrade your software today. The instructions are in NetHelp. If you don't have Point of Rental yet, you can still see some of the new additions to the software. Just check out the Point of Rental blog or request a free demonstration at pointofrental.com. So, Albert, I have a very important question for you that I was just reminded of. Are you a dog or a cat person? Oh, I'm, I'm definitely a cat person. Really? I've, I've owned a dog before. It was mediocre, and I would not recommend it. <laughs> oh, you got to be careful <laughs> saying that sort of stuff. Um, is there a reason you consider it to be mediocre? Uh, well, first, so you sort of have to like either keep the dog outside or take it outside constantly because it's it's not smart enough to like poop in a litter box for some reason. I don't understand. It also like dogs just smell bad. Like if you smell a dog, it, it just does not smell very good. That's why you bathe them. Yeah, but like the smell of wet dog is even worse than the smell of normal dog. Well, then dry it and give it a hug with the towel and... So much work. Oh, gosh. So much work. (laughs) I just want my pets to be like there when you need them to be and not really there when you don't need them Mm, to be. Like a cat, then. Yes, like a cat, which cats are very, uh, very much self-sustaining, ideally. Although my cats are a little bit more needy than that. But they get along pretty well for for animals that are left alone the majority of their time. Hmm. What kind of cats are they? It's uh, They're just generic uh, domestic short hairs. Okay. What are their names? Uh, the first one that I have is named Boots. And the second one is named Beans. <laughs> Boots and Beans? Yep. I, I'm not a real big fan of um, human names for animals just in general. It's kind of weird. Because human names are for humans. What what Extreme. are all of your keys for? Oh, my keys. They're they're for unlocking doors, of course. You're you're not like a school janitor or something after hours. No, 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 no. This is um this is just the way that I carry my keys around. It's um it's convenient. It's very hard for me to lose my keys because uh if I don't hear a noise when I'm walking, that means something is wrong. Mm. and it's very easy for me to just reach for my keys and then you know unlock something if i need to so to those who are who are listening and and can't see what what are your keys are they like on a carabiner how many how about how many keys would you say there can you describe it well i have my apartment keys so that is a garage door opener and a weird kind of custom key for the for the apartment door, I have my car keys, and I have an assortment of keys that I don't really have any reason to use anymore. Um, oh, actually, 
there is a very good reason to use these keys because for some reason I am very good at attracting free electrons through the carpet and generating static electricity. <laughs> so um, to safely and non-shockingly discharge my electricity, I have to, I like to touch my metal keys to uh, some sort of grounding object. Interesting. So I find myself reaching for my keys almost, well, every single time I sit down at my desk, I always ground myself um, through a two-step process, actually, because I actually find that I have too much charge that if I directly apply it to my metal keyboard, um, sometimes the voltage is high enough that it'll cause my uh, computer to mess up a little bit. So... <laughs> what? <laughs> Are you a superhero? Is this a superpower you have? This sounds amazing. No, this is this is like the opposite of a superpower. It really sucks. It's a really sucky power. Did you did you just recently develop this superpower, or is this uh, like? I've, I've always been pretty pretty staticky shocking? person in general. Yeah, I don't really. I only discovered that I could you know ground myself through the keys. Um, when I started working here and it's made my life a lot better because I don't have to get zapped every single time I touch something. Wow. Okay. So it wasn't like you, like, you know, when you're a kid and you like mess around with people and you like go up and like shock people after like rubbing your feet on the carpet or whatever. Did you no, do that I wasn't as a kid? That, I wasn't and, like... that kind of kid. That would be horrible. Oh, okay. What? Wow. Well, <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, <laughs> to everyone listening, I apologize if that? I ever shocked you. <laughs> In my life, apparently I'm a horrible person. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, also, um, because I went to school in California, uh, they always warned us about bears. And apparently a very good bear deterrent is to have some sort of yeah noisy, um, like a bell or keys jingling around, just some sort of constant noise so that the bears can be alerted and uh, not get surprised when you walk up to them or something like that. I don't think I've seen a bear in the area or in the point of rental office in my life. Have, have you encountered bears around here? Uh, no, but no. I'm ready. Whenever, <laughs> whenever the case may uh, arise. And also it's possible that through my keys jingling, I'm keeping the bears away as we speak. So There you go. You're welcome, okay, then maybe everyone. that's why I haven't seen it. Thank you. Well, thank you for protecting us here. How much bread do you eat in an average point of rental day? Oh, boy. Okay, so um, I have my bread. Um, my bread statistics are very well documented. Uh, do you have like an Excel spreadsheet or something? Oh, no, 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 no. I just memorized this. Okay. Um, just because. So my daily bread intake is four slices of bread a day, um, Monday through Thursday, ideally. On Fridays, we have uh, team lunch, which I go to pretty regularly. Um, and on Sunday, I go out to Kroger and I buy a loaf of uh, Dave's Killer Bread, the power seed um, variety, I guess. Um, one pack of Kroger brand Swiss cheese, eight slices. And two packs of, oh boy, I don't remember what the brand is, but 
It is um, 16 slices in total of either smoked turkey or oven roasted turkey. And it is very consistent. And I'm very glad that I found this because the bread pack is, or the loaf of bread is 17 slices. And because the cheese pack is eight slices and the meat packs are 16 slices, I can eat one slice. I only have to eat one extra slice of bread and then everything will line up perfectly so that I can have two sandwiches per day, Monday through Thursday for uh, a total of 760 calories for breakfast and lunch daily. Wow. <laughs> that is the most thought through process of, of figuring out what you're going to eat for the rest of your life. Is this, is this like a life plan? <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, as long as, about that. <laughs> as long as these companies provide the uh, appropriate ingredients in the correct ratios, I will keep buying them. Because so as long as they mind. do their job, yeah. Yeah. you'll be able to survive. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Was this like recently that you started sticking to this plan or did you like, this is like kindergarten. Oh, no, like, no, no. It's, I guess it was about two months ago when I really got it down. You just have to have a sandwich solution. Okay. Do you ever like see yourself getting tired of turkey and cheese and bread and more bread? Mm, no, not, not in the near future. I think I could eat that for breakfast and lunch uh, pretty much every single day. In fact, one of the reasons that I switched to having a consistent sandwich was because I noticed that I didn't care what I was eating for breakfast and lunch. I expect like bi-monthly updates on like how, like you're still <laughs> sticking with the this regimen or, or not. Um, that's just fascinating me. Um, I've also heard that you you hold your bread as though it's like a very small waiter's tray like on, oh, on the tips yes. of your fingers is it like up above your head no, is, no, it no, like, no. How, is there an I, advantage I to carrying it, it that way you no know, i just carry it and i eat it that way because um one of the other very uh good benefits about this specific sandwich that i um that i purchase is that the bread slices and the meat slices are almost exactly the same size. They're, the bread slice is probably about one centimeter in radius smaller than the, um, than the meat slice. So that means the meat slice protrudes mm -hmm. about one centimeter. Um, over? Yeah, over the edge. Mm -hmm. And because I don't like the feeling of touching the meat because I don't, I don't like touching slimy things. Mm, sure. Hold your breath, and we'll return after a quick word from our sponsors. I wish I were somewhere warm. Wow, where am I? You're at Point of Rentals International Conference in Fort Worth, Texas. This place is amazing. You too can enjoy Point of Rentals International Conference this November. Register today at conference.pointofrental.com to reserve your space for extended software education, one-on-one -on -one learning, industry networking, great food, and fun. That's conference.pointofrental.com. Did I hear that you went to Europe recently? Um, I guess you may have heard this. Yeah? Because it is relatively true. <laughs> I went okay. to Europe in April 2019. 
Wow. It's been a while since then. What was your one of your favorite things while you were over there? Something you saw, something you smelled? In in Germany, in Munich, where we were staying for a couple of days, there mm-hmm. was this uh there was this very nice statue of some uh German man doing you know, he was just he was just posing, but at the base of the statue it was just covered with um Michael Jackson paraphernalia. <laughs> It was like like a bunch of tributes to Michael Jackson. And it just covered the entire base of the statue. It must have been like, I don't know, hundreds of items. It's just, it was the most bizarre thing. Was the statue of Michael Jackson? No, it was just some random like 18th century German guy. and, And for some reason, the locals had turned it into a Michael Jackson statue. I don't really know why. Interesting. Like it was just like white gloves. Um, uh, pictures of Michael Jackson, little candles uh, with his, you know, album covers, <laughs> things like that. Okay, note to self: go to Munich. Yeah. Go see the Michael Jackson shrine. I have no idea why it was there, but <laughs> it was fascinating. Um, favorite board game. Oh boy, it depends on really what you define as a board game. Uh, there's a board in front of you, possibly made of cardboard, and some little pieces, and yeah, board game. Um, it's not a very traditional board game, I guess, but I, I used to play a lot of, um, Mahjong, Japanese Mm. Mahjong, Mm -hmm. um, and I got very good at it. Um, I would be... compete in competitions? I've never actually gone to a competition because there are very few that exist in America that I could actually go to, Mm. but, um... If I went to one, I would probably place pretty comfortably, even now, because uh, people aren't very good. Favorite video game? No, video game, if you don't know what it is. <laughs> no, I'm not going to explain I know plenty about what video games are. This question is too hard. I, I would like an easier question. <laughs> the video game you are most proud of beating, ah, and why? Yes, this one is much easier. Mm, okay. uh, the answer for that one is... Very clearly, NetHack. Could you give like a, a, a premise of it, a quick summary of uh, what the game is? NetHack is a game where you're an adventurer that goes down into a dungeon and retrieves the amulet of Yendor and comes back um, up the dungeon to ascend into the astral plane and give the uh, amulet to as an offering to your... God, which is like one of many in a pantheon. And that's pretty much it. it that sounds similar to Mario to me. Is that <laughs> uh, is that similar at all? Maybe not. I haven't played Mario that often. I mean, they're both video games. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Maybe not. Well, very cool. So um, you're, you're so proud because you said it's one of the most difficult games oh, yes. to beat? It's, it takes a lot of uh, knowledge and hmm. knowledge no, just of knowledge. What? Knowledge of the game mechanics. Knowledge of more game mechanics. Knowledge of all the game mechanics. Pretty much, there's so many game mechanics that go into things. Oh, and also, if you die once, that's it. You have to restart. I'm just gonna ask again. Favorite video game? No, uh, no, 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 no. No. Okay, okay. I, <laughs> just thought I'd throw it in there. Too hard. <laughs> 
Five important questions. Five important, five important questions. questions. Five important questions. What would you say is your greatest success in your life? Uh, oh boy, greatest success. I would imagine that the answer should be uh, getting married to a very lovely person. Um, you say should. Yes, it should be, because it also is. Mm. Don't tell her I said anything Good otherwise. <laughs> okay, I won't. If you could tell first day at Pointer Rental Albert one piece of advice to be successful as a pointer, what would it be? I guess it would be bother Matt S. more about all of your problems, because that's what I ended up doing, and it worked out pretty well. Mm. So uh, Matt, Matt's pretty good at... At training you, he was oh, yeah. a good mentor. He to was you. Uh, he was unwillingly dragged into being a mentor. I think it was mostly because I sat next to him. Like my cube is just just happens to be next to his. What has been your most embarrassing moment as a pointer? It's always a little bit embarrassing when when you write something as a developer and it gets into production, and then it turns out there's like a very large bug with it, and then people are like. Oh my god, everything's broken. Mm. And then customer support's like, there's 50 customers and they're saying everything's broken. And then you look at who did it and it has your name next to it and you're like, mm, just find the nearest Not corner me. here and disappear a little bit. So let's say that it is now uh, illegal for developers to create a software for it to go into production and for there to be a bug in it. Like if you create something that has a bug in it, it is illegal. <laughs> I, I think everyone is going to jail. Like every single person who has ever touched software is going to jail. Well, that's that's where we're at now. <laughs> like they come in uh, and they arrest you and now you're on death row. Um, uh, you have to choose your last meal. What would you choose? That was a pretty long setup for a last meal question. <laughs> it was worth it though, though, right? I guess it was a good segue. Mm. Um, I had a very delicious meal in Europe, actually. I sometimes think about it, even now. It's been like three months. I just think about it. I'm like, hmm, that was really good. Was it bread yeah. with cheese and no, turkey? No, 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 no. <laughs> it, was, it was like a legitimately good meal, mm. one that people would, you know, pay money for. Um, it was some sort of, like, veal cutlet in delicious creamy sauce. I don't really know the name. It was it was in German, so. Okay, we'll have to ask Rhonda um, Rinquist, our local German expert, if she knows veal in delicious creamy sauce, what that translates to in German. <laughs> <laughs> so that would be your last meal. Okay, and you think about this often? Yeah, I mean, not often. Well, Is it while you're eating your sandwiches? That you're no, like, no, no, I no, really no, wish definitely this not. Was actually I just think about sauce. it when it's, um, when it comes to mind, maybe, you know, once a week, you just think, wow, remember that really good meal that I had? Mm. Yeah, that was nice. Okay. <laughs> well, I hope that you get to have that again before you're on death row. <laughs> if you could change one thing about yourself, what would it be? Uh, oh, this is easy. It, it would definitely be the, uh, the thing that I have where it's really hard for me to wake up in the morning. Ah, yes. get a dog. Uh, Easy nope, enough. nope. That is the incorrect solution. I just, <laughs> I think the correct solution is just like magic. Like the premise of this question states, 
if you could just magically change something about yourself, I, that it, one's it. it. Was, there's no magic in, in my... It definitely said magic. Question. It's if you could change <laughs> one thing about yourself. So it might take magically. a process. No, 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 no. It's just magic. You know, there's, there's no possible way for this to actually happen in real life. Okay. So you wouldn't want to magically change your, your static shock situation? Oh, no, 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 no. That's, you, that's, live with that's that? way lower priority for me. <laughs> Tell me something that's true that almost nobody agrees with you on. You know, I really like it when my, uh, when my toilet paper roll is facing... <laughs> is, is, is so that it um, is closer to the... The wall? The wall. What is wrong with you? <laughs> Golly, okay. All right. Tell me a secret about Point of Rental. Well, there's this really nice restroom. I don't know if I'm allowed to say this because this, this is going to like, if too many, many people find out, it's going to cut into my, you know, this, there's a bit, a bit of a conflict of interest here that I want to We're all about spilling secrets maintain, here. But it's an op open field. There's a there's a pretty nice restroom up on the fourth floor. It's it's the one that's uh, you know the unisex one that is presumably for uh, families as well. Yeah, see, y'all didn't know about it because it's a secret. <laughs> and now I spilled the beans. Anyways, it, which direction is the toilet paper facing? I have that no restroom? clue. You, you know, they're all using those toilet oh, paper rolls. Oh, true. That, that, so it's not a it, yeah it, it yeah, goes perpendicular parallel. To the, uh, yeah, that one. Yeah. One of those math. <laughs> <laughs> Who is the next pointer in another department that I should talk to for this podcast? You guys talked to Jeff yet? Jeff. Jeff would be really interesting to talk to. Thank you, Albert. Um, thanks for chatting today. I know as an introvert, as, as a fellow introvert, it's not always the most easiest thing to do to talk about yourself um, in front of people as well. Um, but it has been such a delight talking to you. And to you pointers listening, send him some love this week. Stop by his desk, give him a high five, send him a photo of your favorite sandwich, um, and let them know that let him know that you care. I hope this Please podcast. Please don't do any of those things. <laughs> um, I hope this podcast encourages you to reach out to your fellow pointers around you, get to know them, go to lunch with them, and share your stories. You never know what you may learn. Thanks for listening today. We'll keep the porch light burning for you. I'm in. I grab my bread, I grab my cheese, I grab my meats, I'm out.